If you know me, you know I love high-quality clothes and occasionally a luxury item here or there, but I hate spending luxury prices, so I rarely buy anything really nice for myself. That was until I discovered Quince. They have so much good stuff for you guys. Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices within reach. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Love that. It's also really important to me that the clothes I wear are created in a safe environment. And Quince only works with factories that use ethical and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So obviously, I really love that. I bought a Mongolian cashmere sweater from Quince and no joke, I have worn it once a week, all fall and winter long. It's so soft, premium quality, and looks like I spent a fortune on it, but it was only 50 bucks. I've told all of my friends about Quint. I also love their men's line and have gotten some nice activewear and performance tees for Andrew that he loves. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eastham for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eastfam to get free shipping and a 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Eastfam. When you go from something that you have such a passion about, um, that you love to practice, you love the, all aspects of it, to all of a sudden uh, it's not there. Uh, it's, it, 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 it is kind of an empty feeling. What's up? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Today, we have Matt and Leslie Holiday. That's right. These two have been together for over <laughs> 20 years. I mean, 15 of which was He's spent in Professional baseball. Yeah, he was playing professional baseball for a very long time. Yes. Had a much longer career than I did <laughs> in professional sports. You need... <laughs> I love you. Anyways, we talk about a lot of really great topics such as the roller coasters of their relationship and the pressures of being in the major leagues, being in the public eye, living in a city where they lived and breathed Cardinals, which is who he played for, mm -hmm. and kind of navigating their marriage and their family through that. Yeah, it was good to get their perspective. And it's cool to see how their roles have shifted in a lot of, shifted in a lot of ways, where Leslie now is pursuing a degree in seminary. Mm -hmm. And now she's the one who is doing the thing that needs supported. So uh, we enjoyed our conversation with them. And if you want to find out more about Matt and Leslie, we'll link their information down below, including a link to their podcast called mm -hmm. Table 40, where they sit down and talk with some of their friends um, about faith and a bunch of other fun stuff. So thank you to Matt and Leslie for joining us this week. And let's get to a comment of the week from our live episode that we did yes. last week. Let's see here. On the birth story of Jet James. That's right. So this comment is from Jessica Starkey. She says, I love watching your content. You're both so real and relatable. Congrats on bringing little man into the world. She and her husband just hit two years trying to start their family. Mm. And this has been a tough season, but they're hopeful. So thank you for being so easy to listen, she says. We are thinking about you and sending the best thoughts and prayers your way. Yeah. And uh, we will be doing another live stream episode soon. So be sure you stay tuned and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already on all the platforms and give it a rating while you're at it. Without further ado, we bring you Matt and Leslie Holiday. I, I will say I'm a little disappointed that uh, Matt decided to show up in the full 
Oklahoma State apparel here. Not that I have any beef, but you did. I just, I'm a Vandy guy, and that's how it Come is. On. I feel like that's not even, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> well, I'm actually I'm going straight from here to the practice field. We're actually in my office, and we have practice, so I'm already dressed. But we're actually Vandy people. Too. My brother coached at Vandy for three years with Coach Corbin, and the Corbins are good friends of ours. We actually had him on our podcast, he and his wife, our last episode. So Yeah, I heard that. I was trying to figure out who was who was better at pickleball. Was it you guys or them or – I, if, if I'm his partner, it's them. Oh, she's not my partner. I'm no, a kidding. horrible, horrible <laughs> I don't know. I, I play a, we play a little faster game. We don't have to get into that, but it's. <laughs> Talking strategy, pickleball strategy. Yeah, my strategy is better than his strategy. Yeah, we don't play dink, we don't play dink, dink ball. We, we play, we, we're trying to hit people with the ball. So. Uh, I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, they're funny people. I love them. My first question is this, Matt, what is it? What is it like to be good at the sport that you play? I never had that uh, oh experience. It. it sounds like you did. I know, Sean, you did as well, but Stop not it. me. So, <laughs> Well, you know, I, I think that it's pretty cool to get a chance to, to play professionally when my goal as a kid from as long as I can remember, and my dad was a baseball coach, and my whole, every since I was like second grade when the teacher said, what do you want to do when you grow up is, I put be a baseball player like that was kind of the job and career that I always wanted and to get a chance to do that uh, was pretty cool it was pretty kind of amazing the fact that when I look back now that I got a chance to play for 15 years and play in three world series and, and all the cool stuff that I got to be a part of it was a lot of fun and I think that the thing that we talk about a lot is the things you miss the most are just kind of the relationships and the team and the camaraderie that is hard to recreate outside of competitive sports um, so it was it was a blast uh, most of the time I mean there's obviously struggles and highs and lows and ups and downs with performance and expectations and what comes along with with being uh, a major league baseball player but in general looking back on it uh, I can't I mean it's it's a it's a pretty cool profession I just learned something new uh, that plural of world series is world series is I don't know that that's right uh, <laughs> I thought that's how you said it. I thought, okay now that well, I think just... about it it's probably not so <laughs> you guys have an edit <laughs> Look, I didn't go to college, so in fairness to me, like I, I'm not highly educated. Outside you didn't of write baseball. down, be grammatically correct. You wrote down, I want to be a baseball player, not the, right. Exactly. I so I, I can teach the swing, but I'm not going to be an. <laughs> Just come in here roasting. I thought, him. I honestly oh, thought no, no, that's no. how you said it. I was trying, and now I should have just awkward. wrote it out and be like, "Oh yeah, you didn't know that." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I want to hear the story of how you guys met, though. So you played 20, sorry, 15 years. You guys were well, married 20, though. Five in the minor leagues. So total, I played 20 years total. So go ahead. You can tell this. Well, we met on a blind date. And so we were supposed to go. <laughs> so, There's always two versions. Uh, of this no, story. I mean, she wanted to skip part of it. So we had mutual friends. Uh a guy that I went to high school with was dating a girl that we went to high school with here in Stillwater, where Oklahoma State is. And she was 
in the same sorority as the girl. Uh, and, and so she was going to set us up because he was my good friend and she was her good friend. And they wanted to set us up on a, on a, on a blind date, double date, something. So we had made these plans and she blew me off. Like the first couple times we were supposed to go to a date party at some sorority date, which I'm glad we didn't go because that really wasn't my scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was she, my scene. And so <laughs> I was, I was my element. So she was like, she, I think she picked up on the fact that I might not be cool at a, at a date party. Cause I wasn't in college. Obviously I was at home in the minor leagues. I was pretty straightforward, like training, like all about baseball only. I wasn't, I wasn't going to a lot of fraternity parties or sorority parties. And so she blew me off a couple times. And, and finally, uh, we saw each other one night after a football game at Oklahoma State. And she was like, oh, OK, yeah, he's he's she she thought I was decent looking. So she's I like, did. I'll go on a date with him. <laughs> so we went on a blind date uh, with our two mutual friends. And that night we sat on her sorority porch at her sorority house and talked till three in the morning, four in the morning. And then we pretty much dated from then on. And we dated for a year. We were engaged for a year. And then we got married at, I was 20 and she was 21. Wow. And so it was, it was young. It was probably looking back. Our parents probably weren't thrilled. I don't think and so. now that we have, <laughs> we have a 17 year old, it's like, whoa. We really were young. <laughs> yeah. Cause right now your 17 year old would in your guys' shoes technically be meeting their current spouse, right? Well, he's dating pretty spouse. seriously a girl, so he might have met his oh, spouse. Oh, shoot. You heard and it here first. And we're super affectionate towards one another. And then, so now they're affectionate towards one another. We look at each other and like, golly, yeah, we we're, we're a bad example. <laughs> like, their PDA is like, it's borderline like, hey, y'all need to. Like, <laughs> but then Leslie and I, I'm like, well, I know where he gets it because I'm always, I'm, yeah, we're like, so yeah. it's, I don't know. We'll see. That's probably another story. But um, yeah, so we were pretty young when we got married and, and uh, went through minor leagues, five years in the minor leagues together. And then obviously in our major, major league career. And then we had kids at 23 I was 23 and she was 24. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yep. so here we are. We got a 17 year old as a senior in high school. That's wow. crazy. So wait, what's different about your side of the story, Leslie? I just don't normally She was going to leave the, the blowing part off part. <laughs> like I normally just don't do that, but everything else was accurate. Like I saw him, it wasn't a real blind date at that point. Cause I saw you and I was like, oh, oh. actually I would love to go on a date with that handsome fella. So that'd be great. So that's kind of, but it was a lot of fun and our friends didn't last very long and we are still, we're still together. (laughs) You know, whenever I look at pictures of our kids from the past year, I'm amazed at how fast they're growing up. Oh my gosh, me too. And we've been doing a deep dive into old photos lately. Sometimes the thought hits me hard that I'm getting older too. And this has led me to think a lot about the legacy I want to leave behind, what kind of parent I want to be, and things like our family's financial security. We've been talking a lot about this recently and are excited to share that Fabric by Gerber Life makes it simple to get the protection that's right for your family. Life insurance doesn't have to be some big confusing topic. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. 10 minutes is crazy fast. Plus it's all online and on your schedule. No appointments, scheduling, or piles of paperwork. Just apply when it's convenient for you. 
This is the first company I've heard of where you can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required, and they have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash eastfam. That's meetfabric.com slash eastfam. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash eastfam. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. We'll also link it down below and let's get back to it. Matt, within your career, I feel like you, you talk about relationships a lot, how that's the thing that you miss the most, but within professional athletics, relationships are very, very different than marriage. And a lot of times balancing the two different, like kind of opposing sides can be really challenging. And especially going through college and then into the major leagues. How did you guys kind of navigate separating the relationships that you have with your coaches and your professional career and your teammates to then going home and having a relationship with your wife? Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she doesn't think the jock strap funny, like, you know, the <laughs> yeah. locker room very funny. Like, you know, guys in a locker room can get pretty harsh with one another. Like where we just like, you say some things I think during your career at home that you're used to saying in the locker room where you're like, mm, that probably wasn't a funny joke to her. Like, you know, just stuff where it goes over really well with the guys in the locker room and, uh, and not so good um, with your wife. But you know, I think the the good thing, at least for baseball, is is we had a lot of teammates that were kind of in similar stages in our in our their life as we are, as far as young guys that were married, and so we did a lot of stuff away from the field together with other other couples and then other families, and so I I think it was it was it was a great time for us to make friends. Like some of our greatest friends were people we played with and, and, and families that you get to know. Um, so I, I think as far as like me being at the field and, and kind of the intensity that goes into playing major league baseball and kind of leaving it there and not taking it home and, and taking out your frustration on your relationship or your, your wife or your girlfriend, I think that is something you learn because I think as a younger, immature guy, you can be very moody, especially at home uh, after a bad game or a bad week or or whatever. But I think you learn. I mean, th- I think you you learn to 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 kind of grow up a little bit and how to leave things at the field. And and I think having kids did that for me some too. That you know the conditional there wasn't conditional uh, love based on how I was doing or how many hits I got that game. That that when you come home, your kids really don't care. They're just excited to see you. And, and same thing with Leslie. Like she did a great job of of not really basing how she felt about me thankfully with with how I was doing at baseball um so it was uh it was a learned process but I I think one that that we got pretty good at as as the years went on Leslie I'm, I'm curious to get your perspective so I had the opportunity to not while she was competing in gymnastics but she's done plenty of kind of exhibitions in her sport uh and then she was along the ride along by my side for the ride of my NFL career. And uh, it is such a unique time because like, you know, there's so many different aspects of professional sports that make it different from any other career, like the publication, the emotions, like the this, you know, deep longing or, or like childhood dream that most people have to get to that part. But I'm curious from your side, what were some of the kind of pivotal outstanding moments uh, that stick out in your mind, whether it's Matt getting cut or Matt signing or Matt having this experience, or you guys doing this together or, you know, traveling to this city together. I'm curious uh, what maybe two or three of those would be 
off the top of your head? Yeah, I was, there are several that stand out as you're talking about it. Um, it. It was a lot of fun, just like you said, like knowing all the work that Matt put in prior to a season starting, you know, and, and then in the minor leagues when we were dating or when we were engaged and early married, just to see how dedicated he was as an athlete, just from even what he ate to how many hours he slept and, you know, in the training. And it was just really, I really admired that about him early in our, our relationship. I really thought that was cool to see how dedicated he was towards this dream and towards the sport. So I would say one of the things that was really memorable to me was the day he got called up to play in the major leagues. Like I, I still remember that day. Like I, I failed on the phone call. Like I was watching, which is the, a worthy story. Yeah. I was watching the bachelorette or bachelor. I called her. I'm like, had to. like this is the greatest moment of my professional <laughs> career. Like I'm there getting no called to the major back leagues. There, back then. Like I'm going to the major leagues. Like this is, this is incredible. Like I get the call, like my roommate and I are jumping on the beds, literally like, and I'm like, I call her no answer. Call her, no answer. I'm like, what in the, what's going on? I'm like, I'm starting to get worried about her. And <laughs> and I'm like, so I'm like, well, I called my parents. I'm like, well, hey, I made it to the major leagues. Everybody's excited, blah, blah, blah. She calls me back and she's like, what do you want? I'm watching the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But outside of that, like I did, I messed that up. That didn't go as planned. But I remember picking him up from the airport in Denver and riding with him. And my parents bought him his first suit and all of this stuff. And so I remember picking him up at the airport and just turning the corner and seeing Coors Field because that was where he he got. It was just such a neat thing to be in the car with Matt and you're turning the corner. You see the stadium and taking him to that game. That was really, really neat. And it was really neat to see his name on the on the board and, and all of that. So it was just so cool to see that he had achieved that goal. And then, you know, as a spouse, you see all the, all the ugly stuff that goes into that day. And so for me, that was a big deal. Um, the other thing that comes to mind is going to the world series with the Rockies. That was really cool. The whole journey was, was really, really neat. You know, I mean, cause we're with our friends, like Matt said earlier, you know, they drafted, they drafted Matt, the Rockies drafted Matt. And so they're all of our buddies. So you're in the big mm-hmm. leagues with all your your friends. And so that was super exciting. Getting traded to St. Louis was great. Love that. Winning the world mm. series in St. Louis. I mean, there's tons of them and, and you know, yeah. you're, I was pretty locked in. I mean, Matt's my best buddy. And so it was just really fun to be a part of the journey and, and cheer for him. And, but really, I would say the main thing for me looking back on Matt's career is I just really respected the work ethic. Just, I mean, it, it was so impressive to me, yeah. you know, and that was probably, and probably still is my favorite quality that he has. Like anything he does, he, he goes all in. And I love that about him. I wonder, are, are you got it? Sorry. As I say, we want to jump into your seminary, but I have one more question, Matt. Something Andrew and I talk about a lot within our professional careers in athletics is just kind of the identity that comes with professional sports. You take on every part of it and it's just an all-consuming career. I think a lot of that has to do with it just being your passion as a kid. And for us, one of the hardest transitions within our marriage and then also just within our careers was retiring, was finally choosing to step away from your sport and your passion. And I, I remember retired officially. Uh, okay. I have not Either. officially retired. <laughs> Don't Waiting on that. Don't put that on me. <laughs> okay. Um, but I remember that just being a really hard time, just with not within our marriage, but seeing each other go through identity changes. Mm-hmm. 
Was that something that you guys had to deal with in kind of finding that transition in that time? And how did you get through that? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's probably this. It's kind of a uncomfortable feeling. I, I guess you guys could probably comprehend this, but like when you talk about having purpose, like you woke up every day with like this plan that was all aiming towards this season of, you know, like you worked out for a reason, you ate for a reason, like there was all kind of your schedule was all kind of printed out, planned out. And then all of a sudden, like there's, there's really not there. And I think that that is something that athletes, it's a, it's a big challenge. And a lot of the guys that I talk to in baseball, and I'm sure the athletes that you guys talk to, it is a big transition going from something you've done literally since you were a child all the way until, you know, for me, almost 40 years old, 38, 39 years old. And then all of a sudden it stops abruptly. And now all of a sudden, you know, it's like, well, I have all this time. Like I never had a lot of hobbies because my hobby was getting ready for the next season. So I didn't, I didn't really play golf. I didn't really fish. I didn't really, a lot of, a lot of the things that people are excited about in retirement, I never really did. And so while Leslie and I, you know, we have a great relationship and, and, but there's a lot of hours in the day to try to figure out like, where am I going to get my worth? Where am I going to, you know, as a man, like I need to work, like I need to do something like hanging out is not going to work for the rest of this deal. So that was a big transition for us, like trying to figure out. And then we lived in Florida at the time. And then ultimately we moved to Oklahoma and now I'm coaching baseball here. And so there has been some, some kind of big transitions since uh, I've quit playing, but I do think like you talked about, it's kind of a, a transition period where, you know, there can be some strife, um, some, some family, like you're trying to make, I'm trying to make the best decision for my wife and four kids. Like, where do we live? How is this going to go down? Like, what's the next plan? And so uh, it, it was challenging. Hard. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, just like I said, trying to figure out what was next. And, and, uh, and, and I think we've, we've done a good job. And I've heard, you know, I think in general, we've handled it pretty well. But it is difficult. And I think that the one thing is is trying to, to make sure we're praying about what's next for us and 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 trying to serve others. And and I think we found a nice niche here with with doing Bible studies and you know, with we have college players that we've kind of invited into our lives and try to help them in their transition. And um, so we've we've kind of found a cool uh, rhythm with what we're doing, but it, it is very challenging. And as you guys know, it's 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 hard to to kind of think about what's next. And and when you go from something that you have such a passion about, um, that you love to practice, you love the, all aspects of it, to all of a sudden uh, it's not there. Uh, it's it 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 is kind of an empty feeling. Yeah. yeah. And I would say too, like what made it even more challenging too is your friends are are not there any longer. And so for us, it was like, man, some of our greatest friends were right there with us in in the sport and so and then when that part is re removed that would made it a little bit more difficult yeah we too. had to find like new friends yeah. like mm -hmm. try to find yeah. people that to do life with yeah that were kind of like us or you know that you had similar you know things going on in your life so that was a challenge as well mm -hmm. mm. so that i mean it's multifaceted for <clears throat> sure so it was tough okay mamas ladies after having three babies, I never thought I would wear an underwire bra again until I found Skims. So right before I had Bear, Skims sent me a couple of maternity bras. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wear maternity bras. They're so uncomfortable. They're not for me. I tried them on. They are the most supportive, most amazing, only maternity bra 
I have worn this entire pregnancy. On top of that, the material is so soft and the straps are adjustable for maximum comfort. And it fits every woman out there. They have a million sizes to choose from. My favorite Skims bra ever is the, quote, fits everybody t-shirt bra. And it's literally the best t-shirt bra I have ever worn. It's seamless, flawless, perfect. You're going to love it. If you're a fan of no underwire, the products I would highly recommend are the wireless form t-shirt bra and the no-show unlined demi bra. I like the color sand because you can't see it through white t-shirts, which is the color I usually go with, but they have a color for everybody. Whether you're pregnant, postpartum, nursing, or none of the above, and you just want a good bra, go to Skims. They've got one for everyone. Shop Skims bras at skims.com. Now available in 62 sizes, 30A all the way to 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select couple things in the drop down menu that follows, skims.com. What do y'all, y'all have any advice? I mean, how's it going for you guys? Well, he's not retired. Oh, that's right. Well, not yeah, I'm not. I, 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 well, I will say though, it's, it's a very isolating thing because there aren't many, I feel like the average person who has a job isn't, it's not all consuming. Yeah. And that affects your marriage, that affects your family and your children. And when we jumped around different teams, even it was, it's like you start over. All your friends are now no longer in the same state as you. It's hard to relate to other families because they have a nine to five job and they're just like, what do you mean you lived in Oakland yesterday and St. Louis today? It's just, it's it's a different lifestyle and it's it's hard to find that that group of people to communicate and relate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel real fortunate. At the time, I didn't feel fortunate or I didn't feel this way, but I thought I was going to be with the Kansas City Chiefs for 15 years and just be locked down there. But I got cut after three months and then I was at home trying to figure out what to do with my life. And ultimately it led us to what we're doing now. And so I was making the transition while I was still bouncing between teams, which made it like as mm-hmm. soon as I stopped getting calls again, I'm not finally retired. So there's still, a, <laughs> okay. there's still a, uh, another one coming, but like as soon as I stopped getting calls, it was like, okay, well, sweet. We already have like the transition's mm-hmm. been made, yeah. but I feel like what you were describing Leslie with what you were watching Matt go through and all the discipline, probably there's a lot of parallels to you in seminary. How long have you been in seminary? Well, it's kind of a long journey. Um, I went to school here at Oklahoma state and I was a nutritional science major. And um, then we get married. And of course, you know, I guess I did sort of use it cooking and stuff. Anyway, neither here nor there. In 2015, um, I, I led Bible studies all through Matt's career, like the different teams that he was on. I somehow found my way as a leader everywhere we went. And um, then in 2015, I had a really eye-opening conversation with one of the wives. Um, her and her husband were getting divorced and I didn't even know about it. She would come to Bible study every week and any prayer requests or whatever, not a word. And then all of a sudden you get this bomb dropped on you that, Hey, by the way, I'm getting, I'm getting divorced. And I'm like, okay, well maybe we should go to dinner and talk about this. So we went to dinner and short version of a long story. The, it was a, it was a terrible divorce. Like it was a, um, a, a terrible relationship. And, um, she was going through a lot of heartache and a lot of silent pain. And I got home from that dinner and I told my babysitter, her name's Hannah. She actually lives in Nashville. And I came home and told her, I said, Hey, I, I think I need to go back to school. 
and I need to learn about um, how ministry actually works because I want to redo pro athlete ministry. And this was in 2015 because it broke my heart that as a woman that was married to a very prominent baseball player, she's going through all of this pain silently because she doesn't want to um, cause any problems for him. And it killed me. And so in 2015, I went to Ozark Christian College um, and got an undergrad in biblical studies. And I enjoyed the heck out of it. And I did get an opportunity to help remodel um, professional professional ministry for women. Um, so like football, hockey, baseball, I had a chance to kind of restructure the whole thing, which was great. And then um, I loved it so much. I decided to go to seminary at, in Dallas. So I go to Dallas Theological Seminary now, and I should graduate in about two years, but it's been a long, a long journey, but I just felt called to do that. I felt called to school um, because for our, for, in our story, like um, it was difficult to be a member of a church. It was difficult to, you know, be, I guess, a disciple by someone in St. Louis because all they saw was math and that it became this challenge to where I would sit with someone. And even if I had some like heresy, like thought, like a heretic, like, like the idea, they'd be like, yeah, that sounds great. So math is 300. And I'm like, you know, and so it became this thing and I'm not trying to be, you know, I, I mean, that's just the reality that we lived in at that time. And so I felt like school was this neutral place where I could go and learn and be wrong about stuff or be curious about things and really, really, really learn um, what I didn't know about my faith. And um, so it was a really, that was a really cool journey. And I'm loving, I'm loving seminary. I mean, it's challenging, but it's, it's, it's great. I love it. So you, you guys know Mike and Carrie and the Palmers and um, maybe, I feel like they've been touched by a lot of your work. So uh, for what it's worth, we could talk about that afterwards. Oh. But anyway, yeah. I'm, um, I'm curious, has your sem- experience in seminary reshaped how you think about marriage in any way or like how you relate to Matt in any way and how you guys carry on your relationship? Yeah, I think, I think for me, like understanding grace in a, in a more, yeah. um, like we all know grace, right? Like that's like Sunday school 101, like God's gracious and, and, you know, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Right. But I think like really understanding grace and the way that I've been able to understand it going through school and the links that Jesus went to rescue us. And then the grace that's applied to our life, um, that has, has really transformed the way I look at everybody. And most definitely Mm. Matt, like, um, I think, I, I just, I, I don't know. And, and also the other thing that has transformed my life and my marriage is just like scripture talks about like, Hey, you're wise if you number your days. And, um, and for me, that really touched my heart and, and just understanding like, God, life is so short. And so as long as God gives me breath, I really want to honor the Lord and, and my husband in this relationship that God's given me. So I would say those are the two main things is just understanding how fast this thing goes and, and the opportunity every day to be gracious towards the ones that, that Mm -hmm. I love that God's given me as a gift. Right. So those are, those are probably the two things for me that, um, and I would say he'd probably notice the same thing. I'm a lot more gentle than I used to be. Like I used to kind of be a little harsh. And maybe because I was so tired with the kids when they're little, it's Matt's just like, so tired. So maybe that's what it was. I'm not saying anything. I'm not say. <laughs> a little like a little harsh. Yeah. I think the Lord softened mm-hmm. my heart a whole lot. That or 
sleeping that's been helpful. I don't. Know. <laughs> I think I think we're in the harsh phase. I have we have a two year old and a seven week old. Yeah, eight week old. You are. Those are tough. Those are tough days. <laughs> you got any tips for us when it comes to the parenting side of things? I guess time will tell if you did a good job. They're all very different. <laughs> they're all very different. Parenting yes. them each differently. Uh, they're they're <laughs> different. They respond differently. To, I mean, at that age, it's probably a little bit cut and dry <laughs> with the two of them. But as they get older, it's just crazy how much different they are and, and how they respond to different discipline or just how you talk to them. Um it's been it's been eye-opening to to see the four different personalities and how they respond to, to different things and it's it's challenging but mm -hmm. it's awesome at the same time it, i think it's like they talk about like the days are long but the mm -hmm. years are short um it really is like now that jackson's 17 it doesn't seem like it's possible and so even our youngest now is eight and you know you feel like he's still a baby and he's already eight so it's it goes really fast when you look back i know right now probably <laughs> working on two or three hours of sleep it doesn't go very fast but um it does go fast and they are very very different to be my dude cents. one of your little kids yeah. someone posted a picture of him flexing that dude was ripped that was a while back but he's ripped yeah but uh, the little guy's ripped uh they, they like to work out. The two older ones are getting into it. Um, the little guy just doesn't eat, so he's just kind of skinny ripped. <laughs> he can't get uh, anything. <laughs> so he, uh, he, he doesn't eat much, so it's, uh, it's, but he's built, he's built pretty lean. We'll see, we'll see how the rest of it, he's, he's interesting. Um, it's really funny. But yeah, they, uh, it's fun. I'm, I, the two older ones are big into baseball, and, and so it's, it's cool to, to get to to help them kind of chase their mm -hmm. dreams and, and they love to practice which i think is the most important thing is i tell them all the time i'll throw it to them all day but it, it can't be my idea and so uh they they like to practice and which you know for me is is pretty awesome i really like how you just said that you guys seem to have like great foundational roots in like ministry and just faith and within your marriage and kind of starting in college and going through the roller coasters of the major leagues and even you referencing sitting down with people in St. Louis, it's just the notoriety is, is there. I feel like we live in a time though, where any kind of notoriety is the world likes to say, it's just terrible with relationships, that relationships are doomed to fail from the beginning. If there's notoriety kind of around them, you see it in all of the tabloids, nothing succeeds anymore. How do you guys feel like you made it through 20 years or 15 years of massive limelight and fame and attention on your marriage and each other and what seems to be a, a beautiful and strong marriage now well i would say what i did sean to protect my heart was i did zero social media and i know that like <laughs> it was different then because mm -hmm. um because of i mean it just wasn't what it is now and so but I did zero social, like zero social media. And so I, I mean, Facebook was kind of a bigger deal then than it was not. It got off of that. Um, Sean, I got a question for you. Okay. What is it? On a scale from chug to sip, <laughs> how would you rate your hydration style? Um, interesting question. I would say I'm a sip girl. I sip on my coffee for literally hours and sip on water throughout the day. What about you? I would say I'm a chug type of guy, yeah. no doubt. 
But whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, Liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone. I actually really love Liquid IV, especially since nursing bear. I feel like I'm always thirsty. I like that it's sugar-free and it's fun to sip on throughout the day. The flavors are really good, and I've loved having a flavored drink rather than just water in my cup. My favorite flavor is the lemon-lime, and Sean loves strawberry and tropical punch. It's crazy to me that one stick in 16 ounces of water has three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks and eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. Yes, sir. That's why they say it hydrates better than water alone. However you hydrate, grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code EASTFAM at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code EASTFAM at liquidiv.com. I, I don't have Twitter. I think I may have tried that for a couple of weeks and <laughs> then was like, eh, I don't like it. So I still don't have Twitter and then Instagram, we didn't really start that until after he started, stopped playing. And so for me, that was a boundary that I had to. I, I think the, the most important thing we did was keep our circle tight. Yeah, we did that mm -hmm. for sure. Like we kept our circle tight. Like I didn't read newspapers. And I, mm -hmm. I think to me, I tried to keep it real simple. I go to the field. I love this. Try to keep the passion of what the process I really love and, and the team and the and trying to win and then go home and be a good dad and a good husband and, and keep everything else kind of, I, I don't know. I, I, I just think that sometimes we, we want to hear and listen and, and there's too many voices and there's too many, we just try to keep it super simple. Like didn't think too much of it. Like this is just a cool job. Uh, I don't think that I'm awesome because I can hit a ball really far. Like it's just really not, I don't know. I just really wanted to kind of just, this is what I like to do. I like to play baseball and my wife, I love her and my kids. And yeah, there's some cool stuff that comes along with being a major league baseball player. I mean, it's, it's neat to be a St. Louis Cardinal, like the people in St. Louis love the Cardinals and all those things are really cool and a blessing. But I think the key to athletes having is to try to keep your circle small and remember mm -hmm. kind of like where you came from and who you really are. And that you're not this sort of public figure that people think you are. Or, and, and I think that that's important. I, I think sometimes people get caught up reading their own headlines and, and, and really riding the highs and lows of what other people think of them, which in pro sports is if you're, if your self-esteem is based on how you did the night before, like it's a terribly draining mental kind of nightmare, you know, and, and you can find what you want to find. Um, you know, if you look hard enough on, on social media. Well, and I think too, another practical thing that, that we applied to our marriage pretty, pretty early was Matt had roommates on the road. And so, and then another kind of rule we had was like, I'm never going to like, if, if Matt's on a road trip for 10 days and the girls want to all get together, like I'll go eat dinner with you and stuff, but I'm going to go home. Like, I'm not going to go to a bar. I'm not going to do this. I'm, I mean, you're, you're my husband. Us. If you're with me, then we'll go we'll go do some of this stuff. But um, if I'm on my own, like I'm going to respect Matt when he's far away. Mm. And then Matt and Adam Wainwright were roommates. And so, because both of them had a similar, um, you know, they both liked Jenny and I, and they were like, Hey, we want to, we want to hold each other accountable here. And so Adam and Matt like had connecting rooms where they went and, and they were roommates. And so they were able to hold one another accountable on the road and, 
and it is hard. I mean, I've, I've done enough marriage counseling in my day to understand the challenges of pro sports. And I think the logistic challenges are really overwhelming at times, especially with baseball, because as much as they travel and I appreciated that and Jenny appreciated that, that we were married to two men that were really trying to, um, honor their wives. And, and it was fun. I mean, y'all had fun. They loved it. And then when Adam got hurt, Mark Reynolds was your, <laughs> he wanted to be your roommate. And so it's kind of cool. Like I had a waiting list. Yeah. He had a waiting list. Everybody <laughs> wanted to be his roommate. He's a great roommate, but I think those were some practical things we did. Like we, we kind of saw things um, over the course of Matt's career of kind of like danger or pits or whatever you want to call it, where we would see in other, other couples, whether it was like this all consuming, social media thing, you know, and then I was like, oh, well, I just won't have it. Like I want to, what I value, the thing we have right now, it was so good. Like when we were young, I wanted to preserve that. And so, and it's personal for everybody, but that's kind of what we did. And those are the practical Mm -hmm. things we did is like, cause it would crush me. Like the social, the social media stuff would crush me if I saw, you know, you know, whatever, um, some cute little gal, oh, Matt Holiday's so hot. I would be like, oh my God, I've had, I'm like, pregnant I'm just a feel grow you know and all this stuff and then I'd go down this rabbit hole and like she looked great and all you know whatever so it became this thing where I was like I'm just not gonna do that and so I didn't Mm -hmm. you know and then Mm -hmm. Matt anyway so we did a lot of practical practical strategies over the course of his career to help preserve what we valued and you know so I don't know if that really answers your question but (laughs) I think that's real good I am I am curious uh we we talk all the time about kind of the mission a couple has together. And it's interesting. I feel like we've talked to people who say, Hey, we, you know, we want to buy a plot of land or we want to buy this car and that's what we're shooting for. And that's what all this work is for. And, and then others who have this massive vision that maybe is, you know, too ambitious in some ways, but I'm curious what you view as your mission um, beyond baseball coaching beyond seminary what do you guys you know what would be the legacy that you would be happy leaving oh good question <laughs> well we we have a, a thing that we help develop in st louis called homers for health and it's for cardinal glennon children's hospital and we were we came up with the found that we were part of a group that, that created this and it's done really well i, I think we're celebrating 10 years, 10 years this year and so for 10 years, uh, through this Homers for Health Foundation, where Cardinal fans donate a certain amount of money every year for every home run the Cardinals hit for Children's Hospital, I think we've raised over $7 million for the hospital. And it's, it's, it's been a cool program, and we've passed it along. to. We didn't ever want it to be about us, so we've tried to make this Homers for Health is, is a Cardinals thing. And so we've passed it along to, to people after we, we didn't play in, in St. Louis anymore. And so it's this thing that hopefully it's, it's self-sustaining that continues on to, to really benefit the hospital. And so that's been really fulfilling uh, for us as far as uh, this program and, and lives that it's changed for sick and injured kids and families that are going through like kind of the biggest nightmare you could ever imagine and in, in having sick and injured kids. And uh, the time that they spend and, and the money that they've spent on on the on places for kids and families to to stay and, and to make their hard time in life a little bit better. So that's been really cool. And we get the chance to go up there every year and, and we celebrate the people that give seven dollars or more uh, per home run and with a dinner. And, and so we 
we're still very much involved with that program. And so that's been really cool. I, I think that that's something that's bigger than us, um, that we can hopefully keep it going. And I, I think for Leslie and I, at least for, for me, um, to live a life uh, with meaning and purpose and that has, you know, impact, uh, I, I think eternally, whether it's it's on young college kids who don't know the Lord, that you get a chance to be around every day and help them to understand you know, things in life and, and help them reach their dreams with whether it's baseball or whatever they're doing. And I think just being present, I think really just trying to live a life with where your kids, we have four kids and, and trying to, I don't know, I guess just have eternal value where, where you're doing things that, um, that, that help people and, and are less about us and more about being a servant. And I think that that's something that's, that's fulfilling that at least for me. Yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah, I would just say like to echo everything you said, that was awesome. I would just say for us is like, when I think of a legacy or being remembered, I, Barnabas is like my favorite guy in, in the New Testament. And he was like, his nickname was son of encouragement. And that's the legacy I would like to leave is I would like, I would like to be remembered as someone that encouraged you along your journey and, um, and not be super judgmental about where you start, but just like get in there and encourage encourage the journey. And of course, I would love to encourage their journey towards becoming more like Christ and knowing Jesus. But um, I don't know, I, I agree with everything you said, but I, I love to, I'm a professional encourager. Mm. <laughs> so I love I to lo encourage people. <laughs> I, that's, I love that mission. I've been thinking a lot about, I feel like I'm you know, tired and maybe more naturally critical just because of fatigue or exhaustion. And so I've been <laughs> trying to think, I've been trying to think of like, okay, if I'm going to, uh, criticize somebody, what's the, actually the best way to do it. And I've been thinking recently, this is a thought I had last night, like actually the best way to criticize someone is something like this, where it's Not like, Hey, all. Hey, Sean, you know what you didn't, um, you didn't do this with the amount of excellence that I know you're capable of. No, 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 no. I'm saying like, I'm saying like tidiness wise. so twisted. I think that calling out, uh, it's encouraging to be like, hey, you're capable of this. And yeah. we, we didn't do that. Without the, without the intention of Obviously, the Obviously, I still have a lot to work on with <laughs> yeah. that. But we, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all in the presentation. I mean, that, I, that's the key to marriage. I totally get that. Like, if she, the like, she'll, if, she'll, she'll like, you know, passive aggressively, like not taking out the trash, like she'll hold this grudge. I'm like, I can't read your mind. Like if you want me to take out the trash, just say, Hey babe, would you mind? Taking I know you're capable out? of taking out that like, trash. Don't be like, <laughs> exactly. like, don't let it store up. Be like, I'm like, I can't read your mind. Like, go ahead. Just tell me like, I can handle it. Like, Hey, yeah. uh, I need you to go do this. And I'll be like, okay, yeah. Like sometimes cool. I don't know that I should have done that. So I agree. Wow. I agree. I it's feel all in the that. Andrew would say, you can do better. You can do better. <laughs> I'm encouraging anyway. you. Um, I, I also want you guys to talk about your podcast, Table 40. So, yeah, it's yeah, been fun. We teased it at the beginning, but I'm curious what your goal is with that. Yes. Um, well, we didn't really have a goal. We just were kind of <laughs> like, okay, you know, well, but I, it's been awesome. It's we, been so awesome. I didn't, we really did. We were kind of late to the podcast party. Like I didn't know that this was such a big deal or people were doing so many or, or whatever. And she kind of got us into it with the suggestion that it might be a good idea for, for uh, pro, pro athlete outreach that, Hey, you know, podcasts really are good. Young people are listening to them. This might be a good vehicle to, to get people 
to know about the, the, the outreach and just, and they were like, okay, cool. Why don't you do it? And Leslie's like, and then, so that was right about the time COVID hit and our season got shut down here at Oklahoma state. And so she's like, Hey, we're going to do a podcast together. And I was like, what? I'm not doing a podcast. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know, I'm like, well, about what, like, what, what's our angle. And so we had to come up with like what we were going to do and kind of how we were going to do it. And we kind of just jumped into it, not really knowing what we were doing. And it was evident. And we just called some of our <laughs> friends like, Hey, the Bertmans said they would do it. Of course, because they're just our friends. They probably didn't really want to do it. And they struggled through it with us. And so, you know, it was kind of one of those things that just kind of started and it was fun. And then, you know, Jason Romano, who is mutual friends of ours, um, as you guys know, and he encouraged us and gave us some some good feedback. And and uh, you know, I think the more comfortable you get talking to people and just kind of like how it flows and how to ask questions and kind of the conversation style that that we were aiming for, I like to think we've gotten better. And and uh, and it's it's been fun. Like Leslie was saying, we've had a a lot of guests that we didn't know that well that we've got the chance to 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 know. And then a lot of our friends that we thought we knew really well. You find out a lot of cool stuff about them um, when you start asking questions about their their story. And I think one thing we've learned is that everybody has a really cool story or adversity they've overcome or there's just people are fascinating. And when you get to know them and get to kind of dig in there a little bit, um, it's it's been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I would say the goal of it now that, you know, like he said, the first couple, I, I was talking to this girl the other day, I might end up discipling her. And she said, Hey, I listened to the first couple um, episodes of your podcast. I was like, Oh yeah, don't do that. I was like, go about like 10, 11, 12. I was like, skip over those first couple ones. Cause it is very, it's harder than you think it is. And so, and you guys know this, but it's just kind of like, man, what are we going to, what, what are we doing? You know, like, (laughs) why did we start this? And so it was just kind of interesting, but the goal for me now that we're a little bit more organized with our thoughts and, and have a little bit more experience is the goal for me is to glorify the Lord in casual conversations. And like Matt said, people are fascinating and everybody has a story and, and adversity is usually a part of someone's journey. Um, and, I just think, oh, I've just so enjoyed it. I've so enjoyed mm-hmm. it. And it's there, we've had conversations with people at our table, like it's called table 40 because over the course of Matt's career, we had tons of table conversations. We're pretty hospitable and we love having people over. And so that just made a lot of sense for us to call it table 40. And 40 is um, from Psalm 40, which is one of my favorite verses in scripture, passages in scripture. And it's just everyone's salvation story. Um, in, in a pretty, pretty clear picture that our salvation is received from Jesus and we can't achieve it on our own. And so it was just two things that meant a lot to us. And we combined it, called it table 40. And we just jump in and, and talk to our friends with the goal of glorifying the Lord. Or if someone's curious about the faith, they can listen to pretty we, casual We talk about leadership and family and parenting and marriage. And- yeah. You know, not all of them are believers, um, but, you know, we've talked to a lot of people about just kind of life and, and some people that, that have offered a lot of cool leadership stuff. And, and so it's it's been fun. It's like been I said, we've, we've tried to tried to branch out into different sports and, and get different kind of a lot of them are baseball people because I know a lot of baseball people, but mm-hmm. we've tried to reach out to some other people. But it's been it's been fun. You mentioned you're hospitable. I guess we'll we'll wait for the invite uh, 
for no, we're ready for you. Yes, we're ready. Yeah, you come to Oklahoma, we'll show you a good time. <laughs> I do love Oklahoma City. I tell you what. Sorry, I mean, I, I don't know if that's OSU country. I guess they're right up the road. It's we're right about an hour from middle, here. Yeah. We're about an hour okay. from here. Yeah. Okay. So it's 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 close enough. We are, uh, we're so thankful that you took the time to sit down and talk to us. We have one more question and then we'll wrap this up. Matt, I know you're late for oh, practice right. probably. We're good. The best piece of marriage advice that you have either been given from someone or would give based off your experience. I, I think to me, it's, it's a little bit what we talked about earlier and how you present things to each other. Like if you have a problem or there's a, there's something going on that's, that's a problem, I think getting it before it becomes a big problem and how you say it and how you present it in love can prevent a lot of conflict and kind of like uh, things that, that start out as small getting big. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? And, and so I would say like how, how things, how you present your problem, whatever you want to call it issue um, the earlier and with more love and grace, like she talked about earlier, I, I think, you have a, a much better chance of working through those things. But if you let it kind of sink in there and get deep and, and you, I, I think sometimes that can be, can be uh, challenging to, to get over. And I think for me that I would say the temptation to compare our marriages to other people's marriages, they say that, right. That comparison's a thief of joy. And I see that a lot with, with couples. Mm. And um, oftentimes we look at older couples and, and we're, you know, maybe be tempted to compare our husbands to, you know, a more mature man or something, right? And Whoa. so, no, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's a temptation that that I think a lot of we will go down that road sometimes. And I think just not comparing marriages is is wise, and and just being present and and uh, you know, I think is really important. And so, I don't know, I see comparison a lot, and that's a so that's a joy stealer for sure. But Dang. yeah, in presentation for on grievances within a home, it's a big deal. We've learned that. That's good. I like how you phrased both of those. Thank mm -hmm. you for that. Yeah. Now I got to go freaking figure out how to do what you just said. <laughs> it's, a dirty, it's a journey. It's a journey. Matt, Leslie, thank you so much for the time. We'll link your information down below so people can check out your podcast and your uh, Instagrams. No Twitter, though. We will not link Twitter. Don't I have exist. a Twitter. But, I oh, have a Matt does. Okay. Okay. I, have I don't have many followers. I, I didn't start, like she said, until like after I was done playing. So uh, I only have four or 5,000 on Twitter. So it's it's fine it's fine see it's we, what you're doing matt is comparing to other people yeah, who I have know, more twitter it. followers and that's what we it's just yeah. well i just want to put it out there like like i don't have like I, i'll share you got like this i'll put it on my all my social media but that doesn't mean anything like there's not a lot of people <laughs> yeah. Me, so. yeah we need to have you guys on on table 40. let's make so. it happen that would yeah. be awesome. We'll have to figure you out. You guys can come to Oklahoma and we'll do it live. And yeah. we'll show you yes. guys. Come to the table. Deal. As long as Leslie cooks. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah.